if I would do another Terminator movie, I would have Terminator travel back in time and tell Arnold not to have a special edition by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, that is an interesting opinion. However, we are out of time. But please don't go anywhere. We do want to hear your thoughts. Uh, what is your favourite time travel movie? Uh, please reach out to us on our email, uh, popcornandchocktops at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook at popcornandchocktops podcast. Uh, tweet us at pchocktops, or apparently you can just message John directly on his mobile if hey, you want. Hey, hey, hey. No, we're not editing that out. You made your bed, you sleep with it. Um, so thank you for your attention, gentle listeners, and we look forward to spending time in your ears again soon. And we're out. Oh, why why, why uh, was you getting your number out, man? That's just uh, ridiculous. Man, look, look I, th- I thought it was funny at the time. I just rolled with it. And look, and it, what? Hey, has anyone else got this button on their screen? Yeah, what? I've got a button. I thought you guys were just hot because your faces are like glowing red. But now I'm realizing it's just Yeah, no, it's a button. Dude, thing. dude, you know my thing and buttons. I have to push. But No, no, I, uh, no I'm going to push button. You don't even know, don't even know uh, what it no, does, no, mate. No, 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 who cares what it does? Really? We, we care what it does. Are you serious? pushing it in three. No, don't do it. Coming soon to a theater near you. This episode of Popcorn and Chuck Tops is rated S for spoilers, so please, proceed with caution. And welcome to Popcorn and Chuck Tops, three of the guys who sit in the cinema until the credits are done rolling. My name is Ewan Gordon, and I'll be your host for today. Joining me today is the man out of time, it's John Mackay. Welcome, hello. And the universal constant that is Rodney Gordon. Good to be here, and I look forward to being here in the future. Today we'll be taking a very fine line uh, between two interesting viewpoints, uh, primarily time travel and alternate universes, and asking ourselves, can you have one without the other? Are there time travel movies that don't include the creation of an alternate universe? From Avengers Endgame to Groundhog Day, Army of Darkness to Lake House, Looper to Galaxy Quest, time travel has been as much a staple of the cinema-going experience as staples have been in the connecting pieces of paper to other pieces of paper experience. Whether it's, <laughs> whether it's to right a wrong or save the known universe, time travel in movies is a classical movie trope. Be it professional, like Time Cop, personal, like Back to the Future 2, or down like ridiculous, like Men in Black 3. That's not necessarily the time travel, that's just the movie. Time travel is used to, to live out the romance and regrets of what was and the fantastic imaginings of what could be one day. That is the deep waters into which we shall wade today. However, we're going to start on a much simpler note uh, and ask ourselves what should be a very easy question. Gentlemen, what is your favorite time travel movie? I have a boring answer, so maybe we don't start with me. But, well, uh, no, I, don't no, know. I don't know what note you want to start the show on. No, you start boring and get better. That's how it should go, right? So go for oh, you. Okay, what, yeah, what's a, your answer? It's, it's, I really like uh, the 2004 movie Primer, which is um, mm-hmm. it's it's a bit of an indie hit. Chenkaris wrote, directed, stars in it. It's one of those projects where you know if you're not on board with with a guy who does all that kind of stuff, you might not like it. But essentially, it's a time travel movie that's like, hey, what if time travel was real? And not in that sort of high concept way that what if time travel was real? It's more like what if we could convince you that we actually really did it mm-hmm. and it's just normal guys doing normal stuff not saving the world or whatever things really deconstruct and there's hardcore diagrams that that were drawn on the internet to explain the timelines in that movie but that's my favorite one because it really catches you off guard and tries to convince you that it's grounded in reality when most of these movies are com- the complete opposite well from memory um primer is actually uh celebrated as actually taking the logical conclusion of time travel very very seriously and so mm. the, the logical ramifications that they have of the actual movements is like it's real and evident. Uh, and as you said, the, uh, the the diagram of who who's traveling back in time when and what's happening it can get quite uh, odd and uh, spaghetti strain like if you get to it too deep into it. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Prime is a great movie. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't believe I've seen Prime. This is the one where they really, really put a lot of thought into the actual um, science of time travel itself and just didn't simplify. So is that pretty much the case with it? That's correct. Yeah. From again, yeah. it's been a while since I've seen it, uh, but from memory, it's these guys uh, create a time travel device, 
and then mm. use it to experiment with it. And they go through all the different ramifications. Like you can't travel back beyond the machine was invented because you couldn't time travel until the machine was invented. Therefore, you can't go past mm. that point. Um, and there's other other details that I won't go into uh, just in case yeah. <laughs> we do spoil it too badly. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's a really good look. And one of the, the fundamentals of why I chose this is a just topic point because that, I think, is the high watermark, actually, for, for time travel logic and reasoning that's been applied. Yeah, it makes sense. So not a boring at all choice, Rodney. Excellent starting point. High, uh, high bar to vault. John, what's your what's your favorite time travel movie? Look, uh, as you guys know, I, I, I've you know spent a lot of time and effort this week uh, researching. Certainly not just the last like uh, twenty minutes. Realistically, there's one film that sort of popped out in the list of time travel movies that I sort of scoured the internet interwebs for. I haven't seen it in years, but it sort of prompted me to go back and watch again, and that's Donnie Darko. I really, really loved that film. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Endgame's fun and fantastic and a great film. Back to the Future will always have a place in my heart. And it was a bit of a, you know, I was a bit torn between that and Donnie Darko because, you know, back I grew up with Back to the Future. Bill and Ted, obviously, as well. Uh, but uh, Donnie Darko, yeah, that, that for me just was a most intriguing film. Everything about it worked really well. And, and the way they sort of dealt with the time travel aspect was, was quite um, highbrow. So, yeah. Hmm. Again, not a contentious choice in any way, shape, or form. Um, somewhat of an indie hit from memory, Donnie mm, Darko. Yeah, again. very, very much so. Multiple years since I've, I've seen it, but from memory, Jake Gyllenhaal does give a great performance in it. Yeah. I think at the time, I was probably a little too young to really, truly appreciate it. So I think maybe if I go back and watch it again, probably going to be uh, in a bit better mindset to, uh, to really get the most out of it. And look, it sparked a whole new kind of Halloween costume. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a giant bunny. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, mine's... Um, well, my favourite's probably a little less highbrow than both of your choices, I must admit. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say it's perhaps not the best example of time travel, but it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I've been yeah. I've been a fan of that movie for for decades now. And, <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's it's a, a fun goofball comedy of you know two kids who don't know anything about history travelling back in time. <laughs> like it's um, yeah, it's some great work from the immortal man Keanu Reeves, and uh, yeah, it's. I think it, it should be up there in the pantheons of a really good time travel movie, unless you're going against or going for the the actual implications of time travel and its usage, in which case it's absolutely horrible and one of the worst examples I could give. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you there as far as <laughs> the actual physics of time travel are concerned. But I don't let that get in the way of a good joke. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you're gonna have a silly good time, you may as well have George Carlin in there as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, just on George Carlin, I have a question for the two of you. What's George Carlin's character name in that movie? Can you tell me? Rufus. Rufus. And when does he say that name? Ooh. Does he say it? No. No. He has never introduced his character, does not say his name. Um, Bill and Ted introduce Rufus to themselves, saying, you got to listen to this guy Rufus. He knows what he's talking about. So at no point, <laughs> at no point does Rufus introduce himself by name. Huh. And so... He is a paradox, or his name is a paradox, because he gets introduced by Bill and Ted to Bill and Ted, and that's how they get the name. Little factoid that I got while researching for this one. Now I have to go and rewatch. <laughs> I haven't watched the movie again since I've seen that, so if I am wrong, please do shout out and let me know, but I believe that to be accurate. I was going to say, the other thing before we leave Bill and Ted's is, we need to just, like, we need to call something out, because this has gone decades and no one's noticed it. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, that makes sense. It's an excellent adventure. Excellent means very, very good. Bill and Ted's bogus journey... Bogus means very, very bad. It's bogus. It's fake, right? Yeah. So why, is, why does bogus work? It's just Cause, a but, because, because it's not that they don't go on a good journey. They, 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 <laughs> they literally... It was, it, was, it was bad acid. They literally <laughs> die. Yeah. That's the plot of the movie. They die and take on death. Yeah. I feel like someone dropped the ball on that one, but all right. I'll defer to both of you. <laughs> but, but, but look, what a, 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 what a death. I mean... <laughs> That's probably another pod podcast, The Best Deaths. Well, being pushed from that one rock that you know from every movie that's shot in the desert. Yes, I agree. That is a great one. <laughs> <laughs> so again, before we, we dive too deeply into to the well, there are different types of time travel movies. Is any one better than the rest? Or like, can you think of some examples of different... Yeah, Donnie uh, Darko. Different ways <laughs> you can use time travel in a movie that we could explain to the, the people. So we're not just covering all like time travel in particular. There's all different types. Well, I think the that realistically the people general or the generally accepted uh, previous sort of format of, of of time traveling movies would have been sort of established with Terminator and, and Bill and Ted's. Yep. Uh, in terms of uh, you know you can go back, but if you change something, then or you go too close to yourself, 
um, or you you see yourself, then shit's going to happen. Like you're going to change the actual you know, world uh, that you live in. Whereas the sort of new, um, more scientific version is that you know there's there's multi is it multi string theory? I believe. Well, this is what um, we're getting into. So we have a couple of yeah. different competing theories. One is the butterfly effect, which you were talking about, which is mm. um, you go back in time, you change anything, and that results in a new present, essentially. Because uh, mm. the, the various small deviations in time, even uh, stepping on an ant, supposedly, will change the future for not just yourself, but the entire human race. Mm. The other option you have is the predetermined future. Well, it depends. Was that, was, was that Ant, ant Man? Because that would make sense. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you, you killed Anthony. You bastard. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, the, the other is the predetermined present, which is you go back in time, you try to change something, but no matter what you try to change, you can't change the present because the present mm. existed before the past, at least yeah. in your reality. So you can't change the present, or you can't change the past, otherwise your present wouldn't exist for you to go back in time to try and change the past. Like 12 monkeys. Mm. Like 12 monkeys. Yeah. Um, the Time Machine does that really well, unfortunately, in the really bad movie that Guy Pearce was in, at least. Uh, the original does it pretty okay as well, where he tries to go back in time to save his wife, but can't until he realizes that he can't ever go back in. He can't ever change the fact that his wife killed, was killed, because that was what spurred him to create the time machine in the first place. So the different things keep happening over and over. Speaking of different things keep happening over and over, and boy, was that a good segue. Uh, we have the, the day repeating itself, like Groundhog Day. Mm. Um, and the movie that I honestly don't remember the name of right now, but it's the one where Tom Cruise dies a lot, and I really like it for that. Yeah, that, that's Edge of Tomorrow. I was going to say, yeah. we've got the sci-fi Groundhog Day, <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. We've got the horror Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day, and Happy Death Day to you. Which, look, I mean, for a crappy horror film, it was actually pretty fun. Um, yeah, look, I, I love and hate Groundhog Day. Just in a, I'm, I'm going to go into this a little bit before you continue on. Sure. Just because of... Look, Groundhog Day itself, the idea was was brilliant. Uh, the film was actually pretty pretty funny. I mean, no, it's, it was just good. But the thing that I hate about that movie is that almost every single TV show has that episode, that Groundhog Day episode, and it just comes on, and I just want to punch myself in the head. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, I've, this has been done to death so much. It, it's just, it's not funny, and, and that's, that's the only downside to Groundhog Day is it sparks that. Um, so yeah, yeah, rant over. Well, if you're talking about TV shows who use that uh, that trope, uh, Russian Doll on Netflix used it pretty well, I think, from memory. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing. It's basically like, hey, imagine Groundhog's Day, except it's some other person. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's when, when writers just can't come up with anything, when they've got a bit of a mental block. <laughs> they just go, uh, uh, Groundhog Day episode. Uh, and from memory, there's a movie, uh, I think it's currently streaming on Amazon for the uh, Australian, this is called Palm Springs. It works off the same premise of one person repeating it over and over and over again. Mm. Um, and we experience it through uh, a new person being brought into this phenomenon. So it's not just him who can experience the day over and over again. They can both experience it over and over again. Yeah, and I think if they change it enough, then I'm interested when it's just done in this exact same sort of Groundhog Day format. It, it's kind of like uh, when somebody does a cover. I love a good cover of a song if it's good. And it, either it's changed enough or, you know, it's it's of good enough quality to justify itself as a kind of new beast so if they do that with with the groundhog day um idea then then it can be quite like edge of tomorrow was a great sci-fi movie like i thought it was fantastic mm. even though i knew going into it i was going to groan because it was groundhog day with uh robots well on the, uh, on the plus side you did get to see tom kills crude many many times so yeah <laughs> yeah i, I mean, it would have been an interesting casting if it was sean bean i, th I would have thought he was perfect casting for that role oh, um, sean bean has yeah. said publicly that he's not taking roles where he dies anymore because of the yeah. Everyone tries yeah. to kill Sean Bean trope <laughs> that raised on the internet. He's he's not taking yeah. roles where he dies anymore. Well, so. hey, it's his own it's his own fault. I mean, just because somebody cuts together, uh, you know, what was it, six minutes of Sean Bean dying in movies? Yep, <laughs> um, it's his choice. Typecast. <laughs> but I think yeah. we're getting into something interesting here, which is that a good time travel movie doesn't focus too much on the time travel bit. And I feel like that's mm. why Bill and yeah. Ted's is so good. It's just like. It's just a telephone box that goes back in time or forward in time or sideways in time. Don't ask too many questions. Just believe that and go with it. And a good movie will use the device of being able to travel through time to enable something that the character wants, something that the character needs, some wish fulfillment, some emotional uh, growth that the character needs to go through. A good movie will, will still have that in its core, and the time travel is just sort of the window dressing. I feel like what you're getting at, John, might be just like, yeah, when they plug it into a TV show and they're like, 
now it's our TV show, but it's also Groundhog's Day. That's why it doesn't feel satisfying and it ruins it because they're just doing it in a cheap way. Yeah, it's like one of the 12 monkeys has been given a typewriter. <laughs> and yes, this leads to the, the to the question because a lot of time travel movies do end up changing the, the result, essentially. So you go back in time to stop someone being killed or you go back in time to change a mistake or whatever the case is, um, thereby resulting in a different present. So the question has been raised online, particularly since the popularity of Avengers Endgame. Are we actually traveling in time or are we just dimension hopping? So are you going to an alternate universe instead of going to your current present when you return back to the present? I guess it depends on whether you can ever return to the original dimension or not. I mean, because if you can only ever experience one dimension, and I mean, that's, that's as many as I can handle, and I assume everyone listening can handle. If you can only ever experience one dimension, then whatever dimension you're in is your reality. So if you change that dimension, you're changing a single reality that you can experience. And if you can't ever return to the original one, then yeah, it's kind of a mute point of whether we're on a single terminus timeline or whether we're hopping across the multiverse, because if it's if, if, if you can only ever access and experience one dimension at a time, then, oh, I mean, in all, for all intents and purposes, that is a single reality. So Yeah, reality is, reality is what you perceive, so... <laughs> Very much. Well, the examples I can give uh, is in the uh, sci-fi classic movie, Time Cop, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Um, yes, thank exactly. you. Is, is, isn't that the one, and this has just popped into my head, where he does that awesome, you know, Van Damme sort of kick, holds it there and says, read between the lines. Uh, I'll, I'll take your word on that. I think it might be, yeah, yes. I, I think it is. I think he's, he's got, you know, the, his, his foot ends up like an inch away from the face of the guy that he's, you know, chasing or whatever, and says, read between the lines. And I lost my shit laughing because it's just <laughs> such a great bad line um maybe we'll get into that for another a topic for another day is great yeah. bad movie lines. but yeah so he's essentially uh, for those of you who haven't seen it obviously most of us have he's a, a cop who literally travels in time hence the name of the movie uh, but he goes back in time and stops the bad guys doing whatever they're doing oh, that's why it's called and then sorry returns... that, I, I just i just realized why it was called time cop <laughs> and then returns to his present in which those events never happened or he stopped them from happening and therefore it continues on normally However, throughout the course of the movie, he goes back in time and comes back and things change. Like different people are in power and things have altered because of the butterfly effect of changing things in the past. Yeah, and that's that's obviously... You know, I think the most famous butterfly effect movie isn't the butterfly effect, but um, uh, no, it'd have to be Back to the Future 2. I would concur with Back to the Future 2, yes. Uh, I mean, people people were all up in arms with hover, hoverboards, not actually, like proper hoverboards, not that crap that we've got. Yeah, I'm, uh, not I'm being not invented calling... by the actual date. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that that's, to me, sort of was the real eye-opener for, oh, okay, so that's how time works. And, and it was probably the age I was as well um, when that movie came out. You know, it sort of told me the rules. Up until, you know, now, I, I kind of like to think that the... Um, you know, infinite dimensions, multi-string theories sort of thing makes a bit more sense. And I, I think there is, like, I, I'm not very much a scientific person, but I do believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there is some science and some, uh, like, physics theory to back that up. Which bit? The alternate universe one? Or yeah, no, 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 the, the multi-string, multi-dimensional There's a couple of different theory. scientific theories that explain the existence of uh, the universe, or multi-universe theory. Um, mm. The main one, I think, is something like gravity. Um, like the, the the power of gravity is so weak, um, something like a, a magnet can stop a piece of paper from falling down when you stick it to your fridge. The theory they're hypothesizing is that gravity exists at the same level through all dimensions, and that's why the the sense of gravity is so weak because it's breaking through uh, multi-planar, multi-dimensional barriers. Mm. I could have got think... that completely wrong, by the way, but I'm just. <laughs> talking yeah, about yeah. The, the very brief research I did before starting this. I, I guess the point I was trying to make before, though, was within the reality of a movie, if you're able, if you're only able to exist on one timeline, then that's the, the reality you have to accept within that movie. If the reality of the movie is you can cross dimensions and return to the original dimension that you went, that you left from, sort yeah. of sliders style or something, then sure, that, that's a different kettle of fish. Is what was, I'm trying to draw a distinction maybe there. The, the Back to the Future 2 example is really interesting because I think it does make it very clear for people what a timeline is and how changing it could make... Make a different make present. Impact, The yeah, actions of yeah. the past while you're in the future are uh, ineffectual or, or, or counter each other out. I think what's maybe... For me, what's confusing about Back to the Future 2, we know that blackboard scene where there's the straight line and yep. the one that goes down, is that 
if if they are on the timeline at the top and they go back, why do they go back to the timeline at the bottom instead of the one at the top? Like it's sort of mm -hmm. I think I think that it's trying to have its cake and eat it too by saying, look, we just want to do a cool thing where Biff is Donald Trump. We just want to do that, and to do that, we're gonna do <laughs> and you just have to believe us that that's how that works. And we do. I think going on from from what what you were saying, uh, and also what we were discussing as far as um, you know the different sort of facets of, uh, of time traveling movies. I think it, what and, and also um, the movies themselves sort of using the whatever theory they're going with well within the plot as a device. I think the biggest thing for me is that they set. Uh, I mean, whether or not they're clear, they set rules around how they're using time travel within that you know, universal within that, um, you know, that hour and a half, two hours, and they stick to it, like there is a decision made, or, and, and it can be that that decision is just, we don't care, because it's not about the time travel. But I think, you know, the more serious the movie, the clearer the rules need to be. It's, you know, like you watch a robotics film, generally, they use Asimov's three rules of robotics. Yep. And, uh, and that tends to make the film better. So yeah. I'm going to, uh, to throw a popular movie reference out there because, you know, that's what we do here. Avengers Endgame. I presume mm. at least, John, you've seen it. Rodney, probably not. <laughs> really? Uh, for those who are unaware, Rodney has a very small child, so he hasn't been in <laughs> cinema since about uh, 1970. Yes. Um, I haven't seen any movie since he was born. Not yep. a single, well, actually one. At least not in, not in whole parts. That's not bro yeah. uh, broken up with like yeah. Peppa Pig yep. or... Uh, what was that? What's that new one? Number Blocks or something? Oh. Number, Number Blocks is awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously blurry. Anyway... Um, yeah. So in Endgame, I'm not going to spoil it for you, Rodney. However, there is a main character who's the big bad guy who dies quite early on. Um, and then through the miracle of time travel, he is brought back again. So the question that has been posed all over the internet is purely by the fact that the, his past self travels forward in time beyond the point that he dies should create an alternate universe. Because there was a universe where he was dead and he is now back alive again. Yeah. Or are they following Come the same timeline, but the past him has traveled to the future and everything is still okay? Well, in that film, they do sort of specify the, the multiple universe uh, rule, I guess. Yes. Uh, for them, for them. At least he, that's what the writers wanted. Well, they only um, specify specifically, and again, I have checked this, they only specify specifically traveling to the past and altering the past. They don't speak mm, anyway that's about moving to the future. Yeah. And I guess presumably one of the problems is, hey, if that guy didn't die, then he wouldn't have in the past gone traveled forward in time, because why would he? Correct. Yeah, this is the, the trouble we get into with time travel movies is that it requires such an abstract perception of time that you can, I mean, you can literally do whatever you want with it. All you need to do, like you say, is establish some rules for yourself and then try to obey them. And then the rest of it is try not to do anything that is obviously really stupid and everyone in the comments, the keyboard warriors, are just going to lose their shit over it. Yeah. That's, it's, it, it's a really, it's a tightrope to walk. And that's obviously uh, what we're here to do. That's our job. But I mean, every movie probably has those little things like, hey, how come his collar was up in the 70s, but then he went forward in time and the collar was down? Look, uh, continuity okay. Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with time travel movies, they're full of it. It's, it they're rife with this sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you kind of got to it, it's you flip flop in your brain because you've got to just suspend your disbelief and go, yeah, this could happen. But then also, I also want to drill down and and i want to nail you to the wall for any tiny little inconsistency <laughs> well it's the same people saying that um again the keyboard warriors who say that uh, titanic is a triumph album movie because jack references uh, a lake that hasn't been built yet when he's on the <laughs> on the ship in titanic mate there were people in titanic that were talking about the fact that they had a bell on there that wasn't invented until six, like that was rung and from the sound they knew that it was a particular kind of bell that wasn't invented until six years after the titanic sank i mean come on you all it's need to do more research everybody knows the titanic didn't sink and it was a replica boat that was owned by someone else who sank it on purpose to claim the insurance money you need to do more internet conspiracy research <laughs> yeah yeah totally no look i mean i i heard that it didn't sink in the first movie because they were holding out for titanic 2. <laughs> Yeah. And apparently there were giant sharks that flew in that one too. <laughs> the cool thing is though, right, we're making a movie about something that happened in the past. That's a kind of time travel. And we're all time traveling mm. right now. From the time that you hit start on this podcast to the time you hit stop, you have traveled forward through time. Congratulations, listener. You're a time traveler. Correct. <laughs> and again, just on the, uh, the topic of traveling forward through time, there is a type of time travel we have not yet mentioned, which is like traveling uh, close to the speed of light and therefore you experience time slower than people around you. 
uh, which yeah. is used probably uh, most famously in something like, I was going to say, the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston, but sure, mm. if you want to go with The Flash, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Give The Flash some credit. Like, ever since the, um, the release of the Zack Snyder cut, he's actually pretty cool. <laughs> well, we might be talking about that in an upcoming podcast, so I'm going to say my... <laughs> Rodney has Could no idea what who Zack Snyder is, particularly the Snyder cut. He probably hasn't uh, seen yes, the you, original Oh, yes, you know Justice who Zack Snyder is. You've seen 300. I know Zack Snyder. The, yeah. the thing I wanted to get to is about that point of traveling traveling forward in time, but moving physically so fast that you perceive time differently. Is that really time traveling? You're still traveling forward in time. You know, I mean, you're, what you're visually seeing might be different to what other people are visually seeing, but you're still, you're still moving forward through time. It doesn't, yeah. like, that's not time travel. Yeah, and, and like not 100% on this, but fairly certain, but I believe Formula One drivers often um, state that that's the sort of experience that they have driving at the speeds that they do, and that like everything's just quite slow for them because they're going such a big speed, like such a fast speed. So, I mean, that, you know, are they time traveling? I don't, mm, I don't well, there is so. a, there, Again, there is some scientific theory behind uh, the effect of gravity and on time. Because um, time obviously is a universal constant. However, if you uh, approach the speed of light, which is the other known constant, the closer mm. the speed of light you get, the less time affects you. So, uh, for instance, the closer you get to a black hole, apparently, the slower yeah. time runs. Uh, Look, the faster I think you get to the speed of light, the, the faster time runs for everyone around you. The DC universe leans quite heavily on, on that. I mean, especially in cinema as well. Well, not so much with The Flash. The Flash is more TV at the moment. But obviously you've got Flashpoint and, you know, running backwards through time because he runs so very, very fast. But you've also got Superman doing the same thing with the world. I was going to say that. Uh, that you know, he's, he's running, <laughs> flying at the, the opposite direction. So it's spinning the wrong yeah. way and time goes backwards. Yeah. Star Trek four, I think did it when they went back in time to get the, the yes. blue whales to talk to the aliens. They just flew around the sun and that was it. That, that was, was enough. So yeah, like I, that's the question I was going to put to you is, is that kind of thing still time travel? Like Charlton Heston and Planet of the Apes, they go into a cryo sleep. They travel close to the speed of light. They wake up in the, some strange alien world, which we then find out is a future present. Yeah, I got that right. Um, yep. So is that then time travel? Or is it merely just delayed travel? Like there's a uh, Mel Gibson movie called Forever Young where he just gets put into cryostasis and the same kind of thing. Yeah, I was about to say, is, is cryosleep technically time travel then? Like, I mean, Aliens... Uh, sorry, Alien 3, wasn't it? Alien 3 where Ripley wakes up and it's been... Yeah, a hundred years, years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess again, you know, going back to that point of, of you know, reality is what you perceive. To them, it is. To everyone else, it wouldn't necessarily be. I guess I, it depends on your definition of time travel. Whether or not you need it to be consistent in going both pre, like past and future. If you need to tick both boxes, which I kind of think that it does. Well, otherwise you could just invent something where somebody goes to sleep for a while and it's like, okay, you had a really long nap, wake up and you're a time traveler. Well, again, yeah, he's uh, I think he's splitting hairs at that point. I mean, for all intents and purposes, someone sleeps for a week and they wake up 600 years in the future. That's time travel. I mean, yeah, go with it. Well, yeah, Futurama's right. There was another time travel movie I wanted to reference, which was called Timeline, which uh, I think mm. does show really well uh, time travel effects and the the backwards natures of things of affecting the past to the present. Um, a group of uh, archaeologists are studying a castle. I don't remember where, I'm afraid. I think it's in France somewhere. And they find all these things that don't quite make sense, like a, uh, a facade do they, that looks perfectly do they... pristine, except for a section where it's been cut out and rebolstered. And like, why would anyone bust through such a great picture? Or there's a, uh, a tombstone of a guy who's missing an ear and they couldn't figure out you know, whether the ear had fallen off or whether the guy just didn't have an ear. And then throughout the course of the movie, you find out that, yeah, one of your protagonists was in a fight and lost his ear and he stayed in the past and became this uh, yeah. guy who had the thing. And then that leads to the this predetermined, self-determinating future. And there's a secret tunnel that actually comes out through this fresco that they destroyed. So they themselves destroy the fresco. And so again, it's like they do that nice little setup in the, the start of the movie of the things that will happen in the future. Uh, in their past. Yes, I got the wording <laughs> right in that sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, look, I, I do have one question about that movie. You say they have a French castle. Uh, I think it's France, or the French are yeah. attacking, something with the French. I know Billy right. Connolly's in it, so I just get confused and think, think everything's does, Scottish. Does it already have a Holy Grail? Um, no, uh, I think they already had one. It was just somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I, I don't think anyone smelt of elderberries either, so I, I, I think it's the wrong castle altogether. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I think uh, I'd be interested to talk more on, uh, just to 
get more into uh, sort of familiar territory for a lot of people. I'd like to talk a little bit more about Endgame and that person that you are talking about in that, I think we can safely call him Chin. Um, in, cause, I mean, man, that Chin is just something to, it's so good. But chin, <laughs> um, also to bring in like X-Men Days of Future Past, yep. um, because that was, a to me, the best of the Sony, uh, uh, Fox, which, which production house made that brand of Marvel again? Yep, Sony Fox. Yeah, Sony Fox. Cool. 100%. Yeah, no, that was the best of those films. It certainly pooed all over Apocalypse. But yeah, no, the, I really surprisingly enjoyed that movie. Um, I think it was it was fantastically well well created. And I mean, who doesn't love a film, you know, basically starring Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Uh- <laughs> so for the person in this podcast who has not seen that movie yet, which will be Rodney, um, they send <laughs> the consciousness of someone from the future back into his body that exists in the past. Ooh. Yeah. So it's not which is an interesting way to do it. It's not physical time travel, but they do send the consciousness back to the person of the past. So the person in the past then has all the memories and the experiences of the future, and they can take actions and do things in the past, and therefore affect change in the past, thereby Mm. affecting his current present, which would be their future. Yeah. I really am trying to get these sentences right, man. I do promise. I'll I'll get one (laughs) wrong, and someone will complain. But I'm I'm doing my best. Look, look, don't worry. I think, I think you know, to sum everything up, and the best way I've ever heard time travel explained was, I think it was Austin Powers, which is the, and then this happened, then that happened, and oh, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I like the Lupe explanation where they're sitting at the table, and he's like, look, I mean, next thing you know, I'm going to be using diagrams and using the salt paper and the straws to make, you know, little figures of us, and just go, just believe me when I say time travel happens. <laughs> well, yeah. one of the uh, the statements about you know if you go back in time and step on that, won't it change time? I think it was Terry Pratchett who said, "Well, it certainly does for the ant." <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, look, so I mean, yeah, I, did, I do remember seeing a movie a while ago that had Martin Sheen, I think Kirk Douglas, and it seemed like it was made by the Navy. But the idea was they were on a naval boat that went back in time, right back to Pearl Harbor, and because it was written by the Navy, it was very base level, super super bland. And all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, Martin Sheen started talking about the grandfather theory where you go back and become your own grandfather. Yep. And I felt like he had just sort of thrown that out on set and they were like, their minds were blown. Like, even <laughs> though they were writing a time travel movie, I feel like they'd never heard that before. And he was like, well, I can just put that straight in the movie. I'll just have my character just say it. And they were like, wow, you can do that. Actors are the best. <laughs> Not worth checking out that movie, by the way, everybody. Yeah, it, it came up in my research and I was tempted to see it until I realized that it was written you know, basically by the Navy, for the Navy. Um, and I was like, yeah, maybe not. I, I do like Martin Sheen, but I'm going to, you know, I'll give that one a pass, I think. We're going to write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Eva Net Niage, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little, little Simpsons reference for those who are listening there. But yeah, there's another one just in, in regards to time travel movies that I like the premise of, but would not probably watch, because that seems where we're at right now. Um, there was a movie created uh, called Time After Time, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the sci-fi writer H.G. Wells travels forward in time to the present, which at the time is like the 1980s, to hunt down Jack the Ripper, who has stolen the time machine and gone forward in time. Mm. And so H.G. Wells is fighting Jack the Ripper in 1980s America. That's that's actually, I, I do remember what, it's a TV series. From Movie. Memory. Is it? Oh, maybe, I, oh, okay. It may have become a TV series since, but it definitely was a movie. Yeah, I've definitely seen something to that effect, and I, I thought it was a TV series that I watched anyway, and I actually found it quite good. It was cancelled very quickly, but uh, it was quite well done. It was an interesting, just interesting idea. That Are I you thinking like, of oh, the one yeah, with, with this. Don't know. This was years ago, man. <laughs> okay. I, I just vaguely, I remember, I know I remember liking it, if uh, that helps. Does that help narrow that down? Liked. Everyone, just uh, Google yeah. movie that John liked and you'll find it. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, such an, it's, it's an uncommon name, John. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. What we'll do, um, John, just give out your mobile phone number, and then anyone who finds that movie can just send it straight to you, and we can just avoid us altogether. Yeah, okay. Uh, give me two seconds, because I always forget it. It is... You never call yourself, right? Yeah. It's modern no, I, no, I never call myself. That's the thing. Um, if anyone... Look, I mean, it's fine. I'm sure nobody listens to this anyway, so nobody's... It's fine. It is... Yeah, for sure. That's going to get some. 04... Um, I think for your protection, I might just blank that part out, and then yeah. we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, we've talked about you know the the different types of, of travel, uh, time travel, whether we think it's time travel or not, whether we create alternate dimensions. Getting back to the the whole point of this podcast, which is movies, is there a time travel movie you can think of that does time travel really really well, and at the same time potentially really really bad, like time travel movies that create their own paradoxes? 
I can't remember what the theories were because, you know, as I've mentioned, I did so much research for this episode. But didn't Terminator do something? There was a lot of paradox theories around Terminator. Oh, there's there's tons of paradox theories through Terminator um, because the act of sending someone back in time to kill the guy who stops you in the future therefore would prevent the present happening in which uh, you actually need to send yourself back in time. So therefore you don't send yourself back in time to kill the kid yeah. and therefore it doesn't happen in the first place and therefore the future, the past happens as it would normally do and therefore you end up having to send someone back in time to kill the kid who tries to stop you in the future and mm. it's a self-repeating cycle. Rinse and repeat, yeah. 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 Um, I think that was, yeah. um, again, in my... Yeah, corner. <laughs> my... my uh, my brief research that was called the deviated time travel theory where you have an effect on the actual future presence if that makes sense so you send someone back yeah. in time to do something to change the potential future and, and what was the explanation of them appearing naked i mean um, other, the than only, the other than the other than the gratuitous butt shot only like, I mean, organic matter could travel through time that's why they had to cover uh, the, that's why they had to send the unit that could be covered in flesh in the original movie um, yeah. And then clearly they developed better time travel technology for the second because the guy is liquid metal. But, but the universe at a you know submolecular level, I, I don't think it would really matter if, if like the machine was just covered in flesh. Well, again, I, I, I tend to agree, but yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's why in Terminator Two, when you see like a flash forward to the, the wars, it's just the robots stomping around because otherwise yeah. it's like. Well, I mean, it seems very it's it's very narrative convenient that they've invented robots. And then they're like, ah, oh, but just so that they can blend in, they have to put this flesh suit over the top of them. But then also, ah, oh, that also enables them to go back in time. It's almost like there's too many rules going on. That happened yeah. in Looper as well. And I remember the director saying, you know, it was a big problem in Looper because there's time travel, but there's also telekinesis. And all the notes yeah. from the executives were like, you can't have two. You can have one big concept that the audience has to wrap their head around, but you can't have two. That's a no-no. Hmm. Yeah, because well, then Tenet will happen. You know? Well, we're going to get to that because Tenet is probably the, <laughs> the latest of the, the large blockbuster time travel movies. Yes, Avengers Endgame had time travel, as did, as you said, uh, Days of Future Past. But Tenet's the, the big one recently that really did kind of hit home time travel as the, the trope to hang the movie on. Um, again, I'm presuming, Rodney, you haven't seen it. You have a young child. Yeah. We understand this. How do you yeah. think they handled the time travel in Tenet, John? I thought it was really interesting. Um, so basically, Rodney, I mean, uh, the, the the concept of, of the time travel in this one is is that it, you can move forwards, but you can also move backwards and live in both sort of, but both exist simultaneously, if that makes sense. So I guess the superpower sort of thing is that, you know, one is moving backwards whilst everyone else is moving forwards or vice versa. Yeah, rather than traveling through time, you kind of just flick a switch. So instead of moving yeah. forwards through time, you progress backwards through time at the same time that you're pro progressing forwards through time on the alternate edge. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's a version of you walking into a machine at the same time there's a version of you walking out of a machine. So that, that has to happen at the same time, otherwise you die. Because yeah, and that, that, that is the rule that's set in place. Again, good rules make a good <laughs> Yeah. So. Um, they also go into the... things like uh, if you're going backwards in time, you don't breathe in oxygen because yes. that's not how the human bodies work. So your entire body reverses and so you have to breathe in carbon dioxide to breathe out oxygen. Or something of that nature. Um, so they just change the ratio. And you've got to breathe through special stuff. Whoever you're traveling backwards through time, and it, it creates a, a nice little. Which is which is really good to hide the stuntman. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, to hide <laughs> the, the body doubles, to have a giant mask in your yeah, face covering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's another tro another trope in time travel movies, especially when there's a device or a vehicle that you go in, which is that at some point it has to break or you lose access to it or something happens. Especially, obviously, Back to the Future, where they're like, uh, "Oh, it runs on this special thing." Now go back in time and get it. Oh, whoops, we can't get that back in time. Or the, uh, mm. you know, the antenna on the top of the phone box breaking, like whatever it is, whatever it is that you get into and go somewhere, that it's a trope that it has to, by whatever reason, has to break. And, you, and then there's this tension dun -dun, that you've got to fix. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Tenet does a thing that really confuses people right at the end because there's a big fight. And there are mm. people traveling forwards in time at the same time as people traveling backwards through time, all attacking the same thing. And yeah, right. it can get quite confusing, oh. but fortunately they made it very easy for people watching at home. So the people traveling forwards in time is red, the people traveling backwards in time is blue. And then it's just, you know, it's just color-coded, you know, uh, mass people. Oh, uh, is red versus blue has been done? Oh, definitely. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> ah, okay. There is a deeper psychological, or not psychological, there is a deeper yeah. physical explanation to why they chose red and blue, because as you move forward through time, the idea was that you uh, are closer to the warmer spectrum of colour as versus when you move backwards in time, you're closer to the colder spectrum of colour. So or somebody really liked the, like, was it uh, Halo piss take red or, you know, red yeah, versus blue. blue. <laughs> by, by rooster teeth? Yes, most Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. 
Uh, very much a big fan of that show. And as yeah. Rodney, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> you know what? No, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm sort of struggling to think of like movies that use time travel particularly well. All I can think of is movies that use time travel that are, that I like or don't like or are good or bad. That's kind of the yeah. best that I can come up with. There's, there's not too many that come um, up that are like, oh, there's a huge clangor in this. How come I, I, this is that? I think Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter 3, did a fairly decent job. Not that it was their original idea. It was more Rowling's from the book. Yep. Um, but I think it was well illustrated um, was it Alfonso Curion, uh, the director, I think, of that one? There was, the cinematography uh, that, of that film that was amazing. right, yes. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I that... remember not liking that particular movie, more because they changed mm. stuff that happened in the book to make it fit to a movie. Again, I yep. understand it's a different medium. I shouldn't you know, judge the movie by the book, but I really do, because I like books a lot, and they you know, just ruined some really good plot points that could have easily <laughs> existed in the movie, and they changed it for no reason other than to make a friggin' art house, art house piece. Um, however, uh, again, in my research, I believe that is called the self-consistent time travel theory, where mm. uh, you go back in time the same time your present self is there to make sure that the present happens the way it did the, pre- the first time. So Harry yep. goes back mm. in time to save himself, but as his first time through, he has no idea who has saved him, only to find that it's himself later on. Right, yeah. So there's other examples of that that happens in Back to the Future too, as well, where Marty's on stage and then the other yep. Marty's up there saving the other Marty. Correct. I think from memory, 12 Monkeys also fell into that category last time I yeah. checked, because the events throughout... The, they're trying to send people backwards in time to prevent the future, but by sending the guy backwards in time, he gets the wrong information sent to them. So they end up sending a person backwards in time based off wrong information to try and prevent, and it's a self-continuing loop. What was going to happen yeah. will always happen. And, and um, like 12 Monkeys was, was interesting because I always wanted more from that, the way they use time in that movie. Like, uh, the film itself was sensational, but I don't know. There's the, the, it, it really did leave me with the taste in my mouth that I, I, I just wanted more of. And I was very, very happy that they developed it into a TV show, which, you know, again, continued the usage of the strange way that they sort of deal with time in that um, mm. and was quite good. I won't, won't say it was the best, but it was, you know, yeah, it, it, um, it held it held its own. There is a, um, another time travel movie that I think uses the same kind of method, which was called The Jacket. Um, haven't heard of that. Uh, a soldier with PTSD goes into a mental facility and they do some experiments on him. And I think he mm. travels backwards and forwards through time by use of uh, like electroshock therapy and chemical treatments and all that sort of stuff. He, he actually does travel backwards in time at the top of my head. Uh, it follows that same kind of use of time travel that 12 Monkeys did. Again, back on the topic of ones we like, we've given our, our best. Is there a mm, worst mm. time travel movie? Like, Can you think of a time travel movie that you kind of like, but it's just horrible? See, that's, that's the interesting thing. I don't think that there was really one that I've seen that I've, I've hated. I, I think I just really dig the use of time travel as a theme unless it's groundhog day repeated endlessly um it it is interesting though that like groundhog day the theory behind it is that you know the day repeats the day repeats and that idea has been repeated endlessly (laughs) through various mediums well from Um, memory again just to hop on groundhog day for a minute bill murray uh was one of the ones who got on board to try and help create this movie and he really liked the mm. book that it was based on but the book gets a lot darker and a lot more metaphysical a bit more philosophical Uh, and so while he enjoys the movie he's not a big fan of the movie because they very much lent into the comic side of it uh thanks to the director remember seeing it at the movies and obviously part of the movie is bill murray like timing all of his steps so that he steals the money from the bank and he gets to this and he can have all the riches that he wants in the world i remember coming out of the cinema and someone said to me if that was me i would just go to the racetrack and remember all the horses that won and go back the next day and (laughs) put all the bets on i was like but you totally Completely, like, did we even watch the same movie? Like, that, yeah. would, that would achieve absolutely nothing. Uh, in the, uh, I remember reading about Bill Murray, he actually wanted to be a bit more darker and a bit more, you know, because he, mm. he attempts suicide multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah. Mm. And he does come to this kind of philosophical enlightenment. Again, it's kind of very briefly touched on in the movie, but it's not quite the same as what the book is. Yeah, but that so... was also in an era where you really had to people please, or they felt. I, I know that still happens today, but not to the same degree that it did. Wait, 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 wait. Um, Hang on. You mean people make movies to make money? No. What? There's no test audiences. What are you talking about? Was I told? Does mom know? What? Um, sorry, I have another thing now all by myself. Well, what was the <laughs> what was the line from um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? It's sometimes you make a movie uh, for first. You got to make a movie for money. Then you got to make make a movie for yourself. Then you got to make a movie because your friend says you owe him. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, not only that, um, when uh, Tim Minchin got involved with the musical, because uh, there's a musical to Groundhog Day. Yes, there is. Um, uh, Tim Didn't do involved... so well, but yes. Well, apparently it's, it's excellent, just wasn't really great. Yeah. 
wasn't and received so, well, and there was a lot of contention between um, Tim and, and the powers that be over in the States. Oh, nice. hmm. yeah. um, but again, Tim and the, the original screenwriter for the movie got together to make the musical, and they focused on that sort of slightly darker, slightly more philosophical side mm. of the, the experience. And apparently Bill Murray came and sat uh, in one of the boxes for the first night opening and really, really liked it. And so he came back the second night, and I'm told the third night, uh, and I think in true Bill Murray fashion, he was even wearing the same clothes. So for the people for the people in it, it was a little bit Groundhog Day to see Bill Murray sitting in the same seat, in the same clothes, watching the show again. Uh, so yes, I'm told that um, yeah, he, he liked the, the adaptation that the musical gave to the the experience of time travel and re-experiencing the same day over and over again so the only one that i might throw out there is maybe one that i don't like and and i can justify why because when there's bad movies i just don't watch them like i don't (laughs) i can't give you a whole list of time travel movies that are really bad because i'm like well i knew it was bad so i didn't watch it one that i thought might be really good and i didn't really like and you could probably debate whether it's even a time travel movie but source code where they take someone's consciousness generate a reality so that he can act things out and learn clues about the 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 environment and try and solve you know there's like an explosion on a train or whatever um i mean i think it falls into the genre of time travel it's just time travel with a sci-fi twist right i think they sell it to audiences that way well again we we mentioned before that time travel is how you experience your reality in the processing of time so therefore yeah i'd say it would classify as a time travel movie based on that (laughs) uh that uh, reference point there you go but i feel like that really cheated and I, I and like we said before i think one of the golden rules is you can't you gotta you gotta pick a reality and set the rules and live with them and i feel like source code just didn't do that and there's there's there, there's i mean you have to again suspend your disbelief so much but to think that you could change i guess the past or some version of reality quote unquote when it's all a simulation and turn a simulation into reality i just that movie i remember coming out just going I hate kind of everything you did about that. And it had, it had such a promising, strong premise, but uh, it took several backflips to get to the end. And I was, by the end, I was just physically exhausted. From memory, I have seen Source Code. Um, I remember not minding it as an action movie. I hate it as a time travel movie. Because, mm-hmm. again, from memory, the premise is they're projecting someone's consciousness into the body of a person who was on the train. So it's not even him who's on the train. It's somebody else who's on the train. And through going back on the uh, alternate timeline, I guess we can call it, through one of them, he actually gets off the train and does something else. And, like, there's no way that a computer would have any clue what was happening at the train station mm-hmm. if you're basing off of the consciousness of the people on the train. Like, yeah. progressing forward, you can't know that. Um, but from memory, again, very vague memory. It's been a while since I've seen Source Code. He wasn't trying to stop the bomb from going off. Or in the end, he tries to stop the bomb from going off. But they were just trying to find out who actually did yeah. set the bomb to set it off. So it's more like a police investigation and less of a, let's go back in time to stop the bomb. So the whole point of yeah, going but back they, in time they was hang- to try and find the guy who did it. That's true. But the emotional arc of it, the, the, center, oh, of the emotional center of the film, it bases on the re- relationship between... The, the simulator, the guy in the simulation, and then this real operator out in the real world. And then she ends up becoming very emotionally invested in this, you know, basically it's all source code, this this sort of simulated person or whatever you want to call it. But, like, that was the, the emotional climax that we had to kind of Come go to. on the journey with them and arrive at that emotional ending. And I just, it, it lost me well before that point. So uh, you're always uh, pedaling backwards if you've lost someone along the journey because of that nitpicky... You know, you have to get yeah. all the little details right. And if you lose someone, you're going to lose them emotionally as well. Yeah, and I think the danger, well said, Rodney, I think the danger with time travel is that, you know, if you do, or any high concept sort of idea that's involved in a movie, if you don't do it well and you lose somebody, that's it, you're stuffed. Because that, that, like, that person in the movie will just get more and more irate as the movie goes on and, and be less and less involved because you've lost them. And it's easier to lose people with sort of strong ideas like that. I'm going to say a couple of films, which I didn't mind. I actually find, found one of them so bad it's good. It's called Hot Tub Time Machine. Now, mm. the concept itself is basically, you know, a group of buddies get into a hot tub and, um, oh, what's his name? Christopher Walken, you know, is servicing the, the hot tub and tells them, you know, not to do certain things with the hot tub. And, you know, and unfortunately, one of them basically spills like Red Bull on it and they get transported back into you know the very 80s film um winter ski trip of their life and it was great it was it was funny the comedians were good you know i was up for exactly what it was offering but i think with a title like the hot tub time machine you know what 
bed you're getting into. And I was quite happy to sleep in it when I watched it. But a lot of people would say that it is a very, very bad film, and especially the sequel, um, which I won't, you know, <laughs> I, I won't say was anywhere near as good as the original. Uh, the other film I wanted to touch on and get your opinions on, whether or not you guys have seen these, because I know how much Ewan loves Adam Sandler, is Click, which I actually mm. thought was quite a, a decent movie. Like, it was one of those Adam Sandler films that was good. Well, um, I think that's because I, within the movie, Adam Sandler's not trying to be Adam Sandler. Like, every now yeah. and then, um, I think... Uh, I don't remember who it was, but someone said, you know, if you shoot 100 bullets at a wall and you hit once, that doesn't make you a great marksman. Um, and so Adam Sandler has made Click, that wasn't bad. He made um, the recent one, Uncut Gems, on Netflix, that was pretty good and he did well. That was basically just him being um, Al Pacino. That's sort of it. Like, as far as the career highlights, the really good movies he's made, Click was one. And again, I don't think he's the the main driver in that. I think the supporting cast helps a lot. Yeah, that's true. But I guess yes, I, again, in that uh, the same thing that we talked about with with time travel on the the alternate dimension, how you experience time. Yes, I would include Click in that that time travel thing because essentially he is fast forwarding himself through time. Yeah, so I mean, both of those are you know probably the oh you know there is what one other one which I, again I didn't mind because I you know I'm not a massive Trekkie but I do enjoy the franchise and that's the the sort of uh, JJ reboot um, yep. of the Star Trek world. Um, there's there's time travel obviously involved in that. What are your guys' thoughts on it? Whether well, or not said, it, a good or a bad film about time? I think uh, the, the the trope they bring in is fine. For the science they use to try and employ it, it creates a gravitational anomaly, they fly through it, they end up back in the past. No stress. Uh, obviously the thing is they do then create an alternate present. Again, no stress. They've explained that and they're running with the alternate present with some of the, the, the newer movies being released. And so they're not trying to merge the two or anything like that so again i've got no stress in regards to it was it a good film i liked it a lot but i wouldn't necessarily call it a time travel film but it does have time travel i, I liked it i thought it was a good movie but i, I don't I, it, it wasn't because of its amazing use of time travel it, i just remember it being just a good movie all around really so are you guys sort of saying that in some ways um time travel can be a, a get out of jail free card for um for script writers you know, if, Good we've ones, done maybe. as much as we yes. can on this particular timeline. <laughs> so let's just figure out a way to reset the timeline, go into an alternate universe, yeah. and we've got a whole new franchise that we can make money for. Christ. Yeah, yeah. with just very small but, deviations. You know, there can be new Harry Potter movies. Let's see what happens when Voldemort wins. <laughs> well, from memory, um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is the, the play that's out, which is the quote-unquote yeah. eighth book in the series, um, is about time travel. Like, it's Harry's kids traveling uh, okay. through time. Question for everybody. Can anyone think of an example of a time travel romantic comedy? Not a comedy, yes. but an actual yes. romantic comedy. Yes. What's, yes. what's one? Kate and Leopold. Okay. Um, oh, it was the, the one that did... The, the, the guy that wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral and did... Uh, about Time. About Time. That's it. They're both on uh, my list yeah. as, as fun, enjoyable watches. About Time oh, treats okay. it really, really well. Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, that, about that's time. Kind of, anything with Bill Nye is, is really good. So, <laughs> in about time, um, he can travel backwards in time, but only through his own experiences. It's like he can't go back further beyond he was born. Uh, and every time he goes back in time, he prevents himself from potentially reliving that current present. So he can go back in time and change something, and then go forward in time. But that may mean that you know his daughter isn't born because that particular sperm didn't hit that same spot, and therefore the daughter doesn't exist anymore. Didn't so there are screen. limitations to how far back in time he can then go as he progresses forward in life. Mm. Uh, and it gets to a point where he's about to have a child, um, but his dad passed away before that. So up until then, he can go back and still see his dad and have no problems. But because his child is about to be born, he then can't go back and see his dad anymore because that will prevent yeah. the child from being born. So yeah, it deals with time travel really well. I can recommend that highly. Um, yeah. The other one, Kate and Leopold, the guy finds a, a rift from memory. It's Leave Schreiber finds a rift and travels back in time uh, in American history, ends up bringing forward um, Hugh Jackman's character to the present day. Um, and then Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan, I want to say. Um, well, let's say it. Yeah, Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Again, vague memories. Meg Ryan have uh, like a romantic you know, thing, as they are the two leads of the movie will do. And from memory, at the end of the movie, Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan end up traveling backwards in time and living out their life in history. Sounds more like person. a quaint romantic movie than a romantic comedy, but I mean, well, I think it's, take... it's a comedy. Yeah, um, okay. I, I would not call okay. About Time necessarily a, a romantic comedy, 
Um, there are a couple of other uh, romantic movies like The Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah, that's that's the, one of the ones that was... Not a comedy, but it is very much uh, a really good time travel movie uh, in that we're seeing it not from the time well, traveler's point of view, right. but from the person who doesn't travel in time. Depends Depends if you liked it or not. To a lot of people that didn't like that movie, uh, it was quite a comedy. That's fair. Yeah. Um, again, it, it fell victim to the, the book was better than the movie scenario mm-hmm. of people because um, it is based on a best-selling novel. Um, Noticing yeah. that there's um, a lot of time-travel-based comedies, and I'm wondering a couple of things. I think one is that comedy movies in general tend to be pretty, like, they're pretty broad, and then the, the easy way to do a time-travel movie is to keep it broad and keep it high-concept and just say, here's a magic spoon, and when you hold the spoon, you go back in time, don't question it, as opposed to getting into the nitty-gritty of wormholes and stuff. So I feel like that lends itself to comic, the comedy genre better than other genres. And that's why I was trying to go down a bit of a genre trap to say, like, is there a this movie? Is there a that movie? But there's not going to be a romantic period drama time travel movie where it's yeah, like, there's a TV you do is show. Get this dildo and you stick it. No. <laughs> no, there's a, there is a TV show called Outlander, which mm-hmm. probably ticks your boxes there. I don't know how much. I mean, there is comedy aspects in there, no. but it's more more heavy on the romance side. So I think I think you're right in terms they, they do lead themselves to... A, a very sort of singular focus, a genre focus. So mm. you're either you're either doing sci-fi, you're doing comedy, you're doing romance. Mm. And maybe that's because, again, you know, the the production houses are saying, no, 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 too much uh, cerebral thinking. Um, again, just on the, the the TV show aspect, because we did dive into it a little bit. I know we're supposed to be about movies, but we can dive on the TV shows just yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, a lot of TV these days is as good as movies. Life on Mars was another really good mm. uh, example because um, you're not quite sure if he's actually is traveling through time or if he's just reliving his own internal consciousness while he's in a coma. And it did spawn a sequel, which name that I cannot remember the name of season two, but it's another David Bowie song off the top of my head. But yeah, Life on Mars was, was really good in regards to, like, he's gone backwards in time. At least he thinks he has, but he's not sure because he's in a coma in the present. So has he actually traveled in time or is he just living out his weird coma fantasy? Yeah, and just while we're on TV shows, I just have to say two names. Rodney already said one of them, but I'm just going to single it out. Sliders. Um, and Quantum Leap, man. Quantum, Quantum Leap. Leap. Oh, Scott Bakula, thank you very much. And I always forget the name of, um, oh, you know, his, his guy his helper, his boss. Um, I know Ziggy was the name of the computer thing that he kept hitting and making fun noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's a, that's a complete tangent. Um, uh, what I want to mention as, as, look, as, as a massive fan of a franchise um, of video games that was made into a movie with, a, you know, a, an actor I respect, Michael Fassbender. Um, I had high hopes for Assassin's Creed. That's a film I don't like. But the use of time in that is and obviously you know it was invented for the game i think it's it's highly original in terms of it's using genetics to be able to transfer your consciousness into into being that person or their ancestors but only in their life so it's not really time travel you have to see through the genes eyes i guess very similar uh, to um, X-Men Days of Future Past kind of theory. If you could send a person yeah. back in time, but only through the consciousness of the person that was there. Yeah, but it's expanded more so because it could be your father, your father's father, your father's mother, Correct. so on and so forth, all the way back to um, well, you know, ancient times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure... Yeah, actually, um, that's a good point. Why in those games could you not technically go back to the first humans? <laughs> that's not a matter of whether you could, but whether you wanted to, because from memory, yeah. you're always going back with the reason and the purpose. <laughs> from memory, again, yeah, one of the things I like with that is um, if you deviated from where they were actually were in the past, you go out of sync. Yes, you do. Um, you do. So it kind of has yeah, that actual limitation of you can't do anything too strange. Like you can't go way back into time and then sail to America to be the first person there because no one actually did that. And your no. ancestor didn't actually do that. And therefore you desynchronize from that, that chain. Um, so yes. I didn't mind that aspect of it. But if you needed to, if you felt you needed to say, for example, go for a poo and you held it, then you wouldn't be ejected from the... Um, thank you for that lovely simile. <laughs> that's, that's a great... Uh, <laughs> what I'm here for. Great Someone's reference. trying to wrap up and go do, go have a toilet break. <laughs> Well, <laughs> now, I, I, if I just hold it, I won't be ejected from the animus. <laughs> That's all good. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure that um, bad uh, video games that can become movies will be a topic for a future podcast as we uh, listen to uh, us keep writing. <laughs> keep... There is like complete side note, but yes, I, I will 100% back that because there is actually a director that raised money purely to make, uh, you know, movies out of games and they all sucked every, every single time. <laughs> it's like, if you look them up, they're like one and a half to two out of 10 universally. Yeah. Well, the other one that I could think of, again, just because you mentioned time travel, was Prince of Persia. 
Um, oh, in the, yeah, in the game, you have a dagger that can only take you back a short period of time, and that's perfectly yeah. fine. And in the movie, it wasn't explained so well, and it wasn't great. And, you know, it suffered from the usual Hollywood tropes of having to explain everything. Gen- I mean, the generally suppose, adopted thinking is that you cannot make a good uh, movie out of a game, and you cannot make a good game out of a movie. Well, that's, that's, that could be a, a topic for a future uh, podcast, not necessarily this one. Is that, is that you trying to segue me into not talk? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying don't, you know, blow your load on this. Save it for the, <laughs> save the one we're actually talking about video games. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to pose one last question before we shuffle off. As we've obviously demonstrated, there's been heaps of time travel movies uh, lately. But as you said, Tenet was the big blockbuster that came really recently. Will that kind of be the end of time travel for the next little while for movies? Or do you see more time travel movies on the horizon? What do you think? I'm going to go back to, um, to you know, my thoughts on Westerns and, and how I wish they would all be deleted from the history of time and die a horrible death. Um, no, mate, because there's still Westerns coming out. Um, yeah, they're, they're still going to use it. It's just a, a matter of coming up with something original and inventive. And look, going back to Endgame, even though it may not be the most original usage of, of sort of multi-universe, um, I think it was one of the best explained for everyone. Like it was just, I remember coming out of that going, I understood exactly what you were saying. It all made sense. And you didn't, uh, I guess, overuse or overcomplicate what you were trying to do. Okay, so that's a note from John. Roddy, what do you think? Uh, I think that they'll, yeah, there'll always be time travel movies. It's just whether they're sort of on the upswing or on the downswing. I think at the moment, the state of the world the last few years, people want feel-good movies and uh, they want to feel good about things. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see a time travel um, comedy in the next year that goes right back and it's like, hey, imagine if COVID never happened or who knows, whatever. But uh, I I think that they're a little way off. I think all movies are a little way off, right? Because production has been so limited. But it'll be interesting to see what happens on the other side of this. Is it all just... Movies that just lift people up and help them feel good about people again, or is it going to be a bit of wish fulfillment? Because I think that, that there's fertile ground there, but I think we're a couple of years away from the next golden age of time travel movies, at least. I think I think a lot of uh, the current mindset is is very much in the what if. I think you're right about the COVID stuff, like the what if this happened, you know, dystopian past, um, you know, uh, man in the high castle style. Yeah. Uh, Know, if this major event has had changed, how would the world look? So I, I think you probably bang on there. I think that that may. Well, I mean, we know the series is coming out. What if? I was about Marvel to say, yeah. There's Earth. literally a Marvel series coming out called What If, <laughs> um, which does treat on that uh, that branch of the comics that they released. Mm. But uh, but yeah, no. So I'm pretty. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Rodney. So to rephrase my question then slightly, um, with a movie like Tenet coming out, does that mean that we're more likely to see time travel movies appear, or less likely to see it because Tenet did it really well? People are going to go, oh, I don't want to don't want to touch, touch that well just now. We'll give it some time and give people some space to remember mm-hmm. other bad time travel movies. Normally, when people there's... go, you know, time travel, great, time travel's back. Let's go, let's crack out six more movies about time travel because yeah. everyone gets yes, time exactly. travel. Now. That's what I was going to say. Normally, when there's a huge successful movie that's made tons of money, everyone goes, let's let's spend one third as much money and try and aim to earn half as much money, and we'll be in front. And they ride on the coattails a little bit. I just don't. I, I don't know that that's where the world is at like this like in a normal world yes that would have happened uh, in this world i'm just not sure i'm just not sure that, that people are going to go there yeah i don't think realistically the industry is in a place where they can sort of use that model but yeah it'd be interesting to see if it does i mean uh, th- there's quite a long history of or especially at least two films of the same sort of style coming out at the same ish time gee i wonder how that happens everyone keeps such good secrets in hollywood <laughs> so uh so yeah, whether uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't don't see it happening either. At least not for a little while. Somebody right. needs to write. I mean, somebody just needs to write a good book about time travel so they can just steal that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, or reboot another classic franchise, which they kind yeah. of already did with Bill and Ted anyway. So even that's been done. Yeah, I was about to say Bill and Ted. Yeah, it came out uh, last year, didn't it? Through the through the COVID aspect yep. of stuff, and that also got delayed mm-hmm. due to COVID. So, yep. Well, that's all the time we have in this dimension. Um, if we've missed one of your favorites or haven't talked about a point you wanted to talk about, please shout out to us. Or whether you just want John's number again, uh, drop us a line. You can tweet us at pchocktops on Twitter. Uh, visit our Facebook page at Popcorn and Choc Tops Podcast. You can send us an email at uh, popcornandchocktops at gmail.com. Thank you for your attention, gentle listeners, and we look forward to spending time with your ears again soon. And we're out. Nice. Why in the world would you give your mobile number up, man? Seriously, that was a joke. Why'd you do it? Oh, look, I mean, uh, I just thought uh, we were talking about things. I, I just figured 
why not? It's, it's nobody's going to call me. Nobody listens to this podcast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that, thanks for the uh, thanks for the high boost on the podcast, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, boys, thank you for your time. I know you've, you've you know obviously on the video link, so you get things going. But um, sorry, I've got a um a red button on my screen. Um, do you guys have a button on your screens? Mm. Uh, no. Huh. Um, all right. Well, um, to me, say that's probably just might the disconnect. Be the, might be the recording thing. Hang on, let me say. I'll just hit it. Hang on. Uh. Welcome to popcorn and chalk tops. The reason the floor is sticky in the cinema. Today, we will once more be ruining with your childhood memories by battling the movies of 1992 until only one film remains victorious. Joining me today is the man who was the first to know it's raining. It's Rodney Gordon. Hey, how's he doing? And one of the reasons it's always raining men, it's John Mackay. Welcome, hello. Hello and welcome, gentlemen. Well, today, as I said, we'll be battling 1992, and this is where I'm going to fade out. And if you can hear this, you really should turn your speakers down because it's going to... friend of mine has those like wi-fi controlled lights and his daughter was at home with her friends watching horror movies and he was out drinking with me i was like wouldn't it be funny if you just hit a button and turn all the lights red at random points <laughs> he's like that's so good i'm gonna do that not like that uh this bit's gonna be cut out cut out's gonna be this thank you for the tail end of the show nicely done john all right <laughs> and uh back in in three two one mm.